perfectly honest, it consisted of going through the hardest year of my life. Everything seemed to be falling apart. Everything that I associated my identity with was being just like torn down and broken to pieces. And um, out of pure desperation, uh, I wound up in an ayahuasca circle. Welcome to the Dreaming Out Loud family where young entrepreneurs come to get inspired, learn the tips, tricks, and attitude of what it takes to live their dream life. I'm your host, Morgan Nelson, and each week, I'm going to bring you the most epic guests to share their stories and wisdom to help you expand your mind of what's truly possible in your world. Okay, today's guest is a musician, a poet, an author, and the founder of CREATE, which stands for Collective Renaissance, I always screw that word up, Collective Renaissance of Education, Art, Transformation, and Entertainment. He's been listed as Goldcast as one of the top 33 game changers to watch. And his viral poem, You Are Who You've Been Looking For, has been viewed more than 200 million times. He's spoken on countless stages, including Oslo Freedom Forum, Mind Valley, A-Fest, and the Envision Festival. He combines years of experience of personal development coaching and over a decade of experience as a filmmaker and a performer, blending the two worlds in a way that encourages others to see life as an art, as evidenced in his podcast, which is called The Deep Dive with Adam Rower, and on his YouTube channel, The Art of Choosing Love. So please help me welcome the guy who went from working as a lifeguard in Arizona to now a world-traveling, life-transforming coach, speaker, and author of two self-development books, my friend, Mr. Adam Rower. What up, dude? <laughs> So good to hearing, hearing that bio. I was like, Oh, that's, that's a, that's a cool bio who like, I didn't realize I had done that stuff. Cool to hear. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. And you're like, you don't believe how many people like I've, we've joked with people. I'm like, you know, you should just re-listen to this podcast. uh, I do with you every single morning when you wake up just to remind yourself of all the incredible shit you've achieved and and what you've done in your life. So it's a good little pumper, right? You just keep going, right? Like I just, I just kind of keep doing one thing after the next and the next leads to like follow the breadcrumbs. And then all of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, that was a lot of breadcrumbs. <laughs> I love it, bro. Well, man, take us back on a journey, uh, you know, super quick so we can kind of really, cause we're just having the best chat <laughs> before this podcast actually recorded. Um, but a little bit of a journey, dude, how did you kind of get to where you are right now and doing all the things you're doing, speaking, author, coaching people, doing the most incredible things? Um, I mean, that's a, that's a journey, right? That's a, that's a huge journey, but a huge journey. But I would say um, the absolute cliff notes, and you can ask me to elaborate on, on any of it, is um, I, ha- I grew up thinking that um, I wasn't artistic. I grew up thinking that I didn't, I wasn't the creative type. I was like the business, logical, linear uh, minded type. And um, then I decided to pursue my dreams and follow my heart. And and my heart wanted to move out to LA and pursue an acting career. Um, That crushed my self-esteem and uh it you know it's rejection after rejection and and all of this like thinking like working so hard and and feeling like you're not being given any opportunities and so um yeah i I hit some low points and then uh as is often the case after like a dark night of the soul year in 2012 um i had my spiritual awakening uh in 2013 and made a commitment that i was just going to no, no no longer put any energy towards anything that that spreads fear on the planet i was going to choose love um with 
every moment that I possibly could. And uh, that ultimately led to me uh, starting to share my journey online and people started asking me, yo, what are you doing? Like, how did you, it seems like you're just so much happier and, and what's going on. And that naturally evolved into a, um, uh, pers- like life coaching business, essentially practice. Uh, cause I was a personal trainer at that time. And, and, uh, so all these people were like, how do you do it? And I just kind of naturally transitioned cause I'd been training and coaching for years already. Um, and then developed a, a coaching practice. And then after years of, of, um, focusing on on my coaching practice i just realized that in order for me you know i i was making six figures i had been paid seven figures for my coaching and um i just felt like if i really want to make the impact that i desire to make um i can't just work with these small groups or one-on-one clients for for large amounts of money which is great personally but in terms of uh the impact i wanted to make i needed i wanted to figure out how to impact the masses in the biggest way possible and i believe that art um is the highest leverage way that we can actually shift human consciousness i think art is the way that we do that i believe art is a technology um and uh if we utilize that technology we can transform human beings and so I just started putting what I had learned as a, a on my spiritual journey, my personal development journey into art. And poetry was the first thing. Uh, I made a poem about self-love called You Are Who You've Been Looking For. Uh, you said it in the, the bio. That has been viewed over 200 million times. Did you say that um, was the first one you made or, or no? The second poem I ever, the second spoken okay. word poem I ever wrote, actually. Right. Okay. Um, and... Uh, then I started making my reality show on YouTube called The Art of Choosing Love. Uh, and now I'm, I'm releasing my first music single. I'm not actually sure the date that this podcast goes out, but on October 9th, my first music single actually comes out. And that's the edge for me. In, like in this moment, that's the edge for me as an artist is and continuing to figure out how do I put these messages and these concepts that I'm learning that I think are so important into an artistic format. And so... Uh, that brings us to essentially where we are now as I'm creating films, poetry, music, all these things, all with the these full intention of elevating human consciousness and helping people love life more. That's so cool. So are you going to be singing in the music? I forgot that. Are you singing or are you rapping or? Uh, yeah, well, it's, it's uh, I like to call it melodic flowetry okay. uh, where, where it's just like um, it's, it's, not exactly rap and it definitely has some melody but it's not like i'm singing like a, mm-hmm. a singer songwriter not like gucci Mane. uh yeah i mean <laughs> we're, we're going in there we're going in that route it, it'll it'll feel very familiar it'll feel like pop hip-hop um because again um i love that type of stuff mm-hmm. I, I listen to that music all the time and, and i'm a big fan of it and i think that people have this false idea that for something to be conscious and like expansive and and whatever, that it's going to be boring or it's going to be cheesy. And I think we can make it dope and fun and sexy and cool. And it can be all of those things. And it can be expansive. It can, it can carry messages that are hugely I- impactful to, to human beings. And um, we don't have to compromise on that. And the more that people understand that it can be all of those things, the more they're going to demand it. And if the people listening to the radio stop 
wanting to listen to a bunch of crap that doesn't elevate them and start wanting to hear stuff that helps expand them as a person, uh, people are going to make more of it, supply and demand. And so um, my hope is that my music um, will do what my poetry has done, which is just get people to start really thinking at a deeper level and, and through that awareness, give people more choice about how to live their lives. Yeah, I love this, bro. Um, you mentioned, so you had, so this whole journey started on spiritual awakening. How did that happen? And what, what did that consist of? Well, um, to be perfectly honest, it consisted of going through the hardest year of my life. Everything seemed to be falling apart. Everything that I associated my identity with was being just like torn down and broken to pieces. And, um, out of pure desperation, uh, I wound up in an ayahuasca circle. And for those who don't know, ayahuasca is a um, entheogen. It's a plant medicine uh, originated out of South America, has been used in indigenous cultures um, for, for generations. And um, it is facilitated by a shaman and um, is a, has been one of the greatest teachers in my life. I speak about it pretty openly. I know it's funny because I, um, there are people who, get very upset when I speak about plant medicines. There are people who judge me uh, for it and, and um, pat, like write me off because of it. But um, the truth is that I'm, I'm an open book because if something has helped me get to where I am, mm. I want to be honest about that so that people can benefit from whatever might help them get, get through to the next level of what they want for their life. And, and so ayahuasca, I didn't believe in any sort of spirituality. I didn't believe in this, like everything's connected and it's all love. Like I didn't believe in any of that. Um, I was one of those people where if it's not, if you can't prove it with science, then, then don't even talk to me about it. Mm. And, uh, from basically in one weekend that completely changed, um, because of the ayahuasca circle that I was in that just blew me open in an entirely new way. And, and they call it a spiritual awakening. And I refer to it as my spiritual awakening because I don't, it's the best it's actually an accurate description of how it felt, which is you don't know you were asleep until you wake up. Wow. Like until you wake up, you don't know you were even asleep. There's no way for you to know the dream feels so real. Um, but once you're talking, you wake up, you're relating that to like life. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Like once you wake up, oh, you didn't know you're actually sleeping. 100%. The way that I view life now, it's like, um, it's like imagine that you were wearing uh, uh, like, yellow tinted sunglasses from the day you were born they were just on and you had yellow tinted sunglasses and you just always wore them and always wore them and then one day someone takes them off for you and you go this is this is reality what and everything looks different even though it's the same stuff you're looking at people that you've seen before but you're seeing it different you're looking at the things in your house and where you live but you're seeing it different um it was like a whole layer, a whole veil had been lifted on my, my life and my lens. And from that moment on, I, I was a completely different human and my life has amplified exponentially uh, at a rate that, um, I don't know, like everything that you've announced in, in that bio, for example, like all of that's happened in what I feel like is a pretty short period of time from, from just embracing a new way of living. Like, that's what I like. That's what we were talking about before this podcast started. There's, there's a, a way of living this life. There is, there are inner, there's energy and, and, and esoteric principles that um, impact how we operate as humans and how this reality works. And when you, it's like, it's like getting the cheat code 
you know yeah. what I mean? Like you, you start to uh, understand how to play the game in a way that you just didn't know before. It's, it's like you put guitar, I have a guitar right here. Um, it's like someone showing you more chords or maybe chords for the first time. Like imagine you pick up a guitar and you don't know any chords and you're just kind of hitting different things and, and whatever. That's one way to do it. But imagine someone shows you just some basic chords. What happens to your ability to play that guitar when you just know those things? Um, that, that's the way that I view it, you know, just giving people the, the chords. Man, you've sold me on ayahuasca. <laughs> so I, I was in Peru last year and the months leading up to going, I was like, because Peru, I, I think that's where it's originated, Peru, I think. It's all over South America. So Peru, oh, okay. is, it's big in there, but there's also big. Colombia and Brazil. They all have their own lineages with it. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> so when we were going there, I'm thinking, you know, we're going to Peru. Like I'm someone who I love to experience my life. I fill my life with all the experiences. I live in the unknown zone. I try all the cultural things. And just to happen, Peru, you know, ayahuasca was a very big thing there. So I'm like, yep, get to ayahuasca. And then coming up to going there, we go there. And I was at a point in my life where I was like, I was very kind of certain, very content with things. I was like, you know, I actually don't want to do it. Like I'm pretty, I'm pretty good. So I, I passed on it because like, you know, I just use my own judgment, my own awareness. And I'm like, there isn't, like, I'm pretty content. I know what I'm doing. I know where I'm going. I'm full certain. But this year, exactly a year later, I would be like, if there was an opportunity to go do it right now, I'd be like, yep, let's, let's give it a crack. Because I'm very much more open now to kind of, I guess, just another year of age. I'm like, no, there's a lot of things I don't know. Like, I kind of thought I had shit was kind of rolling great, you know, a year or two ago. I'm like, man, I'm crushing. Like, I'm doing all these things. And now it's like, oh, no, no, no. There's so many things I don't know yet. So I'm so freaking open to it. Um, it's, it's on the list. Like I'm at a stage now where I'm like, I'd be, be kind of keen to try it. I also saw another thing you did a little while ago, Adam, like some other frog thing or uh, there's another kind of medicine thing when, you tried. When my, when my face swole up, is that yes. what you're talking about? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. What was this all about? That's uh, called Cambo. Uh, Cambo is... Um, so it's the toxin from the back of a frog where they like scrape it off the back of a frog. And um, basically uh, it is a, a purgative. So they burn some holes and they burn you with like a stick to burn a layer, the layer of skin off um, and depending on the dots, right? So like six dots, eight dots, whatever it is, and they burn you. And then they put um, this toxin on the burn so that it, it goes into your bloodstream. Uh, and then it, it basically, I'm not, I'm not, I, I don't want to misspeak on this, but um, basically your system goes, oh, hell no. And it wants this out. And so it, um, it, it basically empties you out. It, it clears, it clears out by old bile and then you start throwing up and it's just like everything, liver, kidneys, like it's just um, a, a massive detox. And it is a, um, everything that's happening on the physical level is also happening on the energetic level. Um, and so what I mean by that is when, for anyone who's familiar with um, somatic work and, and what happens is like, you might experience something um, traumatic in your life uh, that will store in both your energy body 
but also in your physical body. It stores in the cells of your body and they're layered on top of each other, your energy body and your, your physical body. And so whenever we have something going on emotionally, energetically, um, there's going to be a physical component to that. So when you're literally throwing up stuff that may have been sitting in like bile of your, your intestines and stuff for I don't know, like months, years, like it's attached to old energies. And so um, I, it's one of my least favorite things to do. I mean, it's, yeah, not, it not, my, it's not exactly something that I'm sitting here going like, oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. But um, again, one of these just like ancient medicines, mm-hmm. right? And that's, that's the thing we, in I, I, I'm not someone who thinks that Western modern medicine is this evil, blah, blah, blah. I think that the model and the economic models behind it are pretty uh, crappy in terms of their, um, what they're willing to do to humans in order to make a profit. However, there's a lot of benefit to modern medicine. I'm, I'm a big fan of like, if I break my arm, I'm going to a hospital. I'm not going to a Reiki healer. Um, and so the thing is, um, there's also this kind of like in the Western world, especially it seems like people write off these ancient medicines, mm. like this, like the idea that somehow they're just barbaric or they don't work or they're stupid or, or something like, I just don't understand that either. Um, and so again, uh, for, for those who have done it, they'll probably know what I'm talking about. This, like it is a reset, it's a system reset. And so I do it when I feel like I've hit a point in my life where I need to completely empty out. Like I, I gotta, I gotta let it all go and reset myself. And that's generally when you'll find me in there. And it's not very often. I think I've probably done it like 10 or 11 times in my life. Oh my God. I was not expecting you to say that many times. Uh, it's, you guys, you should have seen like, cause I, I think I saw it on your stories or something, your face. My, was my Instagram. Up. And I was, I was looking, I was like, did he get that shit beaten out of him? Or what is, what is he going for right now? And then I, so I saw like a little bit of it. I was like, Okay, I'm so interested to hear about that. But um, yeah, that's really cool. Adam, I'd love to hear about, so like we met a few years ago, um, which is actually really funny. So I don't know if you remember this, Adam. I'll share this funny story because I'm all about being so freaking open and vulnerable on this. First time we met would have been, I, I would have been, I think, 22. So probably been four or five years ago. And as a self-development program, uh, a kind of advanced leadership thing. And I didn't know what I was getting myself into. I was, I was just in LA. I was like, yeah, cool. I'm going to do this thing. And this was back in my day when I was still working as a carpenter. I was still extremely like negative, no self-development. Like, okay, no self-development. I go to this event where I was extremely kind of triggered all weekend. I was like, this is so freaking weird. I was the only Aussie in the room. And I'm like, this is strange, man. And then I met you. And it was so funny because you said something at the event, like you were like the leader of our group or something. And I was just like, Man, I hate this guy. Like, who's this guy I think he is? And I was just straight up because in this like judgment thing, I mean like, who's this guy I think he is? And oh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like this, my natural default, just like defense, right? And then we, I left that event. I went and did some more work. And then I remember driving home from work one day and I just realized I'm like, oh my God, I just realized that all the stuff I didn't like about Adam. It was all the things I didn't like about myself. And he's actually a really freaking cool guy. And then I send you a voice message. You remember that? I send you a uh, voice message. Like, I do remember I do remember that that you sent me a, a voice message after after uh, the event. But that was, was it like a month later? Or did, how long? Yeah, I think ago? it was it was pretty soon after because I, I left there and I really thought about a whole bunch of things. And I did a little bit 
uh, a few more things. Uh, I think I did another event when I got back to Australia and I was just like, man, I was such a dick. Like, you know, and that, that was really the start moment of me opening up and actually like loving people more instead of like wanting to look for what can I, what can I look in the outside world and justify why I can't do things or why I can't be as good as that or all these other things and switch it to be like, how can I just love more people? How can I be inspired by people? And I, I just find it really, really funny. So, <laughs> so since then, I've seen a bit of your journey and I'd love to hear about, so you and your ex, Azria, I saw on social media, so you guys, like, because we, I met her at the event as well and you guys were this incredible couple and then one day you announced, you're like, we're consciously uncoupling. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting with my ex, right, who's now one of my best mates and, and we're going, what the hell? They were like this, like, why are they splitting up? And we couldn't understand it. We were like, that doesn't make sense. If you're in love with someone, why don't you stay together? And up until the start of this year, I still didn't understand it. And then I split up, me and Cameron split up from what I can kind of understand. So I'd love to really understand all of this because I think I might've got to that stage of stuff this year. So what is unconsciously, sorry, what is consciously uncoupling? What is this all about? How did this all come about? What, what made you guys want to break up in love? And I'd love to hear about all this. Yeah, well, uh, for those who who want um, who want to see more of this journey, um, the art of choosing love on my YouTube. There's a episode. Um, there's a piece of content called "Conscious Uncoupling." Um, breaking up in love. That's actually the the name of it. Uh, Conscious uncoupling, breaking up in love where I had hired a camera crew to follow me around the world, uh, filming my healing from this. And it starts with us actually breaking up and moving out of the house. And so, um, for anyone who's curious about seeing what that actually looked like, that's available on YouTube. And, um, basically what had happened, uh, Morgan is, is I had one of the things, so we'd been together for nine and a half years when we eventually broke up. So, I mean, literally, I think I was 33. Um, and so we had met when I was 24 years old, right? And, and been together um, for all of, of my 20s, basically, and, and early 30s and through so much. And uh, the thing about it was, um, I believe that we each, I'll speak for myself because I can't speak for her. I know that for myself, I had taken the relationship for granted, but not in the way that you might think. I still loved her very much. I still appreciated her very much, but I thought that we would be together forever. I thought that we would, um, like we were gonna, we were talking about having kids and, and all this stuff. So there was no part of me that thought we would break up. And when, when there's no part of you that thinks that you're going to, you could possibly break up or lose your partner, I think that um, you, you can miss some signs. You can stop doing things um, that you would do if you felt like, I, I still need to, to work to keep my partner. And, and I know that I, uh, looking back on that, definitely uh, had missed that. And Um, I came back and so how that translated was we both started creating our own things and we both did a series. I started working on my, um, spoken word poetry album, uh, which is called permission and is available on Spotify and all the streaming places if people are interested. But, um, when I was making that and then, uh, in addition to making that, 
she went to Bali. I went in studio. Then I went to Mexico. Then I went on tour for my spoken word poetry show. And basically we spent in the course of like four months, we were maybe actually together for like two weeks. And, um, we changed so much in that time as individuals that we never actually consciously said, we got to, we have to re-meet each other. Like I need to, we need to take a week, just the two of us and like relearn, like, who are you now? Who am I now? Let's like align ourselves again because both of us just assumed that we were together forever. And um, when I came back from tour, we were just not clicking in the way that we normally do. And it's not like we were fighting. We just weren't clicking. And there were some specifics there that I don't need to get into, but like we, we asked the question, okay, like what's going on here? What is actually happening? And um, then uh, we decided to do what we do. And, and clearly I've already established that, you know, ayahuasca and, and plant medicines have played a major role in my life. And um same with her. And so when we didn't know what was going on and we couldn't quite understand, we decided to do a a journey together, a ceremony together and ask, and basically to ask, you know, spirit or God or the universe, whatever we want to call it, our higher selves to say, you know, what's going on? Why are we having this? And uh, we basically sat silently in meditation across from each other for several hours and, and both received the message separately that it was time to break up. It was time to break up. And the reason being was because um, there was more growth available for us outside the relationship than inside it. And both of us believe that our highest purpose on this planet is to grow and evolve and to continue our soul's evolution and, our, and the, just the journey of being human. And if that means that it's for us to do together, amazing. But if it, if it gets to a point where th- that the greatest amount of growth is actually outside the relationship, um, it's time to move on. And, and the reason why I think conscious uncoupling is so important is because most people are so scared of, of letting go of that relationship that they stay in it until it becomes so awful and uncomfortable and, mm-hmm. and that there's no other choice but to break up. When in reality, it doesn't have to be that way. If you're willing to, to acknowledge the reasons why you're together and, and if it's not honoring those reasons anymore, you're willing to walk away from it. Um, it doesn't have to get to a point where you hate each other. It doesn't have to get to a point where you don't love each other. Um, it can just be a part of the journey. I think one of the biggest misconceptions that people have is believing that the success of a relationship is based on how long it lasts. And that if a relationship ends, that it's a failed relationship. And the truth is you can have a really successful three month relationship where both of you leave just expanded humans and, and more growth in those three months, or you could be in a three year relationship where both of you um, don't expand and and you just stay stuck in your fears and your doubts and um, limitations. So um, yeah, I believe that conscious uncoupling is just when you really are intentionally choosing to separate without um, needing to let go of any of the love. Mm -hmm. And so you guys still have a great relationship as friends? No. (laughs) Oh, really? Uh, well, we did. We did for a year, over a year. We actually had a, a really uh, good relationship. Um, we didn't talk. We talked maybe once a month, but like still loving, still, we still, to this day, we still share a dog. Um, but uh, she ended up getting married 
Um, and shit. Uh, yeah, she got married to, yeah, she got married to someone. Um, they, they'd met, I think they were dating about five months when they got married. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, for reasons that, um, are, we probably have different opinions on, but, um, essentially, uh, she, she let me know that she needed space in terms of even just like our communication and, and to not communicate any, anymore. And, um, you know, I, re I respected that and I was like, okay, like, what can I do honestly? And then, um, so we don't really communicate anymore. Yeah. A little bit. I mean, we, we're still, but I want everyone to understand. We're not like, there's no hate. There's no hate. We, yeah. we just, um, there's a respect, respectful yeah. lack of, of communication. We still share a dog. So like we have, we do communicate every once in a while. Like I go and get the dog when I'm in town and, and all of that stuff. But, um, in terms of like what I would call a friendship, we don't really have that right now. Yeah. That's, it's so interesting. Did you, when all this was going on, um, did you have some bit in you that was a little bit weirdly excited for the unknown and the new possibilities, even though it's as painful as it would have been or how was it like? Yeah. I think that in hindsight, what I've, I, what I can say about that was cause when, when the breakup was happening and for the first month afterwards and stuff, it was like, what the hell are we doing? Like, what are we doing? we have a great relationship. People look up to us for our relationship. Like we have an amazing relationship. Why are we doing this? In hindsight, um, there were so many fears, doubts, insecurities. There were so many ways in which I, I wasn't showing up for myself. Um, I hadn't learned how to truly love myself through um, difficulties. Like I could list off a, a laundry list of the things that I've learned about myself since that breakup in ways that I, I couldn't have learned until I was on my own mm -hmm. um, when I didn't have the safety net of my partner. And um, so in hindsight, I can see why that growth was necessary. I can see why, um, we needed to break up in order for me to develop into who I'm here to be like stepping into music, for example, like I wouldn't have done that in that relationship. It just wouldn't have happened. And, um, so, so to be this person now, um, required the last several years of, of deep and often really painful, awareness uh, around all of my limiting beliefs and the ways in, in which I, I, I was still um, holding on to wounding and, and, and just, I was a version of myself that when I look back on it now, like I'll never be that again. Um, and yet I couldn't see. And if I had stayed in that relationship, I, I would have continued being blind to it. And so uh, I'm incredibly grateful for the breakup. I'm incredibly grateful for who I've grown in and, and become since then. And um, I was excited, but it's hard. It's hard to say that that was, I mean, it's all in my YouTube show. Like there's certain parts of me that were really coming online and, and fun and, and it was cool to see. And for the, to be honest with you, I've, I've been in mourning of that breakup for years in years. Um, part of, of the release of this new music is telling my story as an artist. And so I went through a lot of old photos just the other day to like 
see the early stages of me stepping into like speaking on stages and doing poetry and stuff. And my entire, all of those photos are tied to her. You know what I mean? We were together for 10 years. Like my, my entire adult life basically was tied to her. So I went through hundreds of photos of, of uh, like not us now, but like us then. And it brought up a ton of emotion. And so I'm not saying like, there's no part of me that's like sitting here wanting to be back in that thing. But like, I don't know that I will, that I will ever, like there will be a part of me that is always tied to her. There's, there's a part of me that like, you're, you're on a podcast. We broke up almost what, two and a half years ago. And you're asking me about her. Mm -hmm. Like we will be tied probably for, for, at least another 10 years in some way, shape or form. And that's okay. She's an incredible human being. Um, And uh, I'm also grateful. I'm grateful that we both had the willingness and the courage to, to break up. Yeah. And I think, you know, you see so many people in relationships, you know, sometimes they stay in relationships for all the wrong reasons, but then like what we're just talking about, if they break up, they, they think it's got to be a bad thing. Um, You know, and what you're just saying, it's a part of your life you know, I'm, I'm the exact same thing. It's like, there's no, you can't erase your past and there's nothing about, you can look back and learn things, but like, you know, on my past relationship, I'm so proud of it. Like, you know, I'm not sure if you, you met Cameron. I'm, I'm not sure if you did most incredible human ever. Like we're like proper BFS, amazing human. And, but there's, and when we went through the breakup, there was naturally some people wanting to take sides you know, and they take sides and they, they want to try and come to me and say, Oh, you know, but Cameron's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, hang on, hang on one second. Don't you come to me and talk about Cameron? (laughs) You know, it's like, she's like, she's my friend. There's nothing, there's nothing bad there. Don't come and gossip to me. And then same with her. She said to me, she's like, there was some people that wanted to try and come talk about you, talk bad about you. And and then I'm like, he's not like that. You know, it's a very interesting thing. And it's this whole thing of just being conscious, like this next level conscious living is this in, in relationships. And I'm not sure. Um, I'd love to hear about some of your like biggest lessons from it. But when I, I was kind of the same, like the start of the year, I was just like, there's something I'm unsure of. And I, and I think possibly this next area of growth for me, I need to do it on my own. And I was, I was very unsure. It was, it was the hardest breakup of my life. Absolute worst thing I've ever had to do in my life. Um, but I, I knew it was the right decision, but it wasn't what I wanted. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it would have been way more comfortable, way more easy to stay in it, of course, but I knew it was going to be the right decision long-term because I just knew ultimately I wasn't ready fully, but I didn't know why. And then I started this bit of a journey and then I was like, you know, the cliche thing, people say, you can't love yourself. You can't love other people till you love yourself. And I always got that confused with like self-confidence. I'm like, oh, I'm a confident guy. You know, I work out and stuff. I love myself. Of course I do. And this year I really understood a whole new level because if I really did love myself, I would be doing exactly what I want to do all the time as long as it's in people's best interest. So this, it started a whole journey this year and that whole thing. It's like, oh my God, no wonder I can't actually fully be vulnerable and completely love her because I haven't given it to myself yet. Mm. Do you go through similar things? 100%. And I just want to take a moment to acknowledge you for making that decision that most people wouldn't make that decision. And um, it takes a lot of courage and um, can often be 
more painful because when a relationship gets so bad that it's like obvious that you need to break up, that's one thing. It's another thing to, to make a conscious choice when it's not like falling apart yet. Um, and because of the amount of doubt that goes into that and like, what are you doing in the second guessing and, and, and stuff like that. So, um, just acknowledging you for doing that. And, um, as far as, as what I would say around this, you know, um, it's funny because, uh, I was just, so I just relaunched my podcast, the deep dive. Um, and in, in preparation for the new season of the deep dive, I, uh, was re-listening to some old episodes of the podcast cause I want to listen to how it was and see how I can make it better and, and all these things. And I listened to one with Joel Brown, who you uh, know, yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. And, um, I was in South Africa with Joel speaking at a charity event and um, we were, I was listening to the podcast with him and I, and he was talking about a piece of advice that I actually gave him because he had started dating someone, but um, he, he felt like it wasn't right and, and he wanted to break up, but he just like couldn't explain why. And he was like saying like, what am I going to tell her? Like, I don't understand why there's nothing wrong, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just don't understand why. And I said, do you need to, do you actually need to? And he's like, well, what do you mean? said, we have this idea that in order to do things, we should understand why we're doing them. But at the end of the day, um, if something doesn't feel right, that's a different type of knowing. It's still a knowing. It's not your logical linear knowing, but there's a body knowing, there's an intuition knowing, there's a gut instinct knowing something's not right. And the thing is, the reason you don't know why it's not right is because you can't see the patterns yet, but you'll see the patterns in hindsight. And so what has, has maybe separated me from a lot of people in a lot of ways is, is I've just learned how to navigate life both from the logical, but also from that non-logical, like intuitive space of, okay, this isn't right. I don't know why, but it's not. And you don't need to understand it. You don't have to. Generally, you will in hindsight. That's why they say hindsight is twenty twenty. So, um, one thing about that is self love. If you break up, as long as you up level from that breakup, you will call in another relationship with someone who reflects to you your new up leveled self. And that doesn't mean that they're better than your last partner. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you are going to call in someone who can reflect to you in a different way, all these aspects that you have up-leveled within yourself. And so um, the, the way that people get stuck and when, when you hear these stories or see these movies or whatever that say like, oh, the one that got away and, and he's like, you break up and then you never get over them and you'll never find someone that you love as much or who loves you as much or whatever, like that, that whole BS storyline. How that happens is if you break up and then you simply stay stagnant. Because then what happens is all the people that show up are going to reflect back to you aspects of yourself that are at the same level as your previous one, but probably even lower because you've stagnated and they're they're, in order to even stagnate requires a number of limiting beliefs and like fears and doubts that keep you held in place. It's not like our natural tendencies to continue to evolve and grow. And so if you um, desire to, to 
breakup for whatever reason, as long as you commit to learning from it, as long as you commit to growing from it, as long as you commit to loving yourself more deeply, as long as you commit to like discovering new parts of yourself that, that weren't online, as long as you commit to becoming a better version of yourself, if you commit to that and you work towards that, your next relationships will reflect that to you. And you're not going to be alone for the rest of your life. You're not going to um, wind up miserable and, and regretting that whole thing. That won't happen unless unless you choose to just sit in it and stagnate. And so um, for anyone who's, who's in a relationship, and there's so many people that are in these relationships that they know are not the relationships they mm-hmm. want to be on, but they're too scared to leave. Understand it will hurt. Understand it will be scary. Understand that it will be hard. That is part of it. But those things are going to be the curriculum that shape you. And the same way that when you're learning a new subject, it's hard at first. When you're learning a new math like calculus or trigonometry, it's hard for you to grasp. But you keep working at it and you keep working at it and you keep working at it. And eventually it becomes embodied. You understand it. And then when it shows up, and you have the same math problem that you had six months ago, you know how to solve it and you didn't before. And that is what I want to encourage people to understand. It will be difficult. That's part of it. The difficulty is how you develop the skills and the awareness to up-level yourself. Boom. <laughs> My God, bro. That's freaking, yeah. You, I could not have said that any better. Man, I'm really conscious of our time. There's one more thing I really want to to chat about. We were talking about it before we, you know, we kicked this off was you said there's a certain algorithm when it comes to law of attraction and really understanding the whole world is this energy and vibration. And you know, then after really understanding this, you manifested in five days your highest paying client. Do you want to elaborate on this a bit? Uh yeah. I mean, uh, uh, yeah, it's. I don't need to keep it a secret. Understanding it is a whole different thing. Like I can tell it to you, but uh, understanding it, um, I, it's called BETCAR, B-E-T-C-A-R, right? And it stands for beliefs, emotions, thoughts, choices, actions, results, uh, or reality, right? The creation of your reality. And so our entire reality is created from our beliefs, right? Your beliefs um, lead to your emotions. Your emotions lead to your thoughts. Your thoughts leads to your choices. Your choices you make lead to your actions. The actions that you take most directly impact your reality. And so that's the algorithm for how your reality is being created. And recognize that while if you think about what it takes to create reality, (laughs) the infinite complexities and nuances are where the magic is, right? Like that, that's why it's not some big secret where I'm like, you have to join my program to do this thing or be one of the clients that, that pays whatever amount to, to coach with me. That It's not about that. It's an understanding that that, that simplistic, it's simplistic the same way that binary code is simplistic because it's just zeros and ones. And yet the binary code of this computer that's allowing us to have this conversation is massively complex. If all we saw was the zeros and ones of the binary that's running this, we would have no idea what we were even looking at, right? When we look at like watch a movie like The Matrix and you see the people, the zeros and ones and all the green whatever that are, is creating that reality, that's what's happening here. 
That's what's happening here. You can call them zeros and ones. You could call them the atoms and molecules that like, but there is a binary code to how this reality operates. There is a algorithmic mathematical universe that we are living in. And when you understand the, how to start perceiving the nuances, when you understand how to start playing that game, you um, unlock an entirely new way of interfacing with reality. I, I would equate it if we're going to use the binary code as an example example, with you and I on this Zoom meeting, if we understand how to run the application, it's like, okay, I can mute this. I could stop my video. I could type in the chat. I could turn on this microphone or turn off this. Okay, cool. The moment I understand binary code, I can rewrite the code. I can rewrite the program. And what has unlocked for me, it's not like binary code didn't exist before. It's a part of this conversation. But I'm assuming neither of us understand the code of Zoom and the Zoom meeting to be able to rewrite it. Um, but someone who has taken the time to learn how to code could go in and make some crazy stuff happen and maybe make our faces look like pineapples or whatever the hell happens. Similarly with reality, when you understand the, the rules of the binary code, when you understand the algorithms, when you understand how to view things, when you can, can do that, you have unlocked the, the ability to rewrite the coding at a level that most people will never experience in their life. And that allows you to do things like uh, manifest a million dollar client in five days, like, um, or, or in any of the, these other things that have happened. And, and I feel like, um, it's why I was telling, you know, before we started this, like you asked me if I was still coaching and I was like, yeah, like I work with, two people a year, generally something like that, um, at a, at a very high level. And I love that because I love taking people into what I call wizard school and just like giving them the red pill to the matrix and unlocking an entirely new realm for how we can live this reality. Um, and, uh, and at the same time, I feel kind of like, uh, like, hiding in plain sight. Like I'm like a, like a secret ninja, um, that works with some people that, that people don't know, like actors and actresses on TV shows and things like that. But people just don't know about because I've stepped so much into my artistry that people are like, did he used to be a coach? Do you still coach? Do you have the things? And I have my, you know, online community create, which is a uh, the create community.com. Um, and, and I do some coaching in there, but like for me, uh, the the ability to do what we want. I believe that you can create anything. I believe you can create anything. I think that most people don't know how to do it. And so um, rather than pluck at the guitar, having no idea how to do it, hire someone, get into a community like create or somewhere else or listen to podcasts, or just do the thing so that you can learn the chords, learn how to code the program, teach yourself how to do it so you can do it. It's the best investment you'll ever make. I love this man. Freaking awesome. So where you've mentioned a couple of times, where can everybody find you? You got your podcast relaunching. Where can <laughs> I, have so many, I have so many things. Um, <laughs> yeah. Adamroa.com. A-D-A-M-R-O-A.com. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Adam.roa, Facebook, Adam Roa, uh, all the places. I have a YouTube channel. I have a YouTube show called The Art of Choosing Love. And I have a podcast called uh, The Deep Dive. Uh, I have music on Spotify and I have uh, my online community where it's um, online. It's, it's a, basically a modern mystery school. So it's like online group coaching in a community at a, a affordable rate because I, I believe that um, I'm one of those people, right? Like as to work with me um, is, is 
uh, a hefty price point. Um, and I feel like if we're actually going to shift this planet, we need to be able to bring uh, high level facilitation to people at an affordable price, because otherwise we're just creating bigger and bigger gaps and divides for people who really need it. And so I launched a community to make high level facilitation affordable. Um, and it's, it's a, called create and it's at thecreatecommunity.com. So all of those places um, and are things that I'm doing. <laughs> I love it, dude. Everywhere I have, everything's happening. Mate, this has been fantastic. Um, to wrap up this interview, I've just got one final last question. Are you ready? Just do it. Um, hit me with it. If you were to go back to 18-year-old Adam Roa and give him 30 seconds of advice, what would it be? Hmm. I would tell him that it's safe to feel. It's safe to feel that he gets to um, not be ashamed afraid or embarrassed by how deeply uh, his heart feels and uh, the same with everyone on this planet there are so many people who are afraid to feel those feelings and if we want to heal we we get to feel and get to feel it and so i would encourage the 18 year old me to find the support systems the people the communities um, that where he feels safe to feel Thank you so much for listening. Guys, if you know anyone else who is as passionate for life as they are successful, then please send them my way. I'd absolutely love to have them on the show. As Zig Ziglar says, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you'll have everything you want. So that's why each month I'm choosing one lucky person who has left a review to have a free private 30-minute coaching call with me. So guys, if you got some value or inspiration from this, it goes such a long way. If you can just take 10 seconds and leave a five-star review and you'll go in the draw to win the call. And if you could share this with a friend, I would be forever grateful. Until next time, guys, I've got your back. Go out and dream out loud.